and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's 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 going well, David. And you? Pretty good. We got uh, some football season maybe coming. We got yeah, maybe maybe we, maybe. we have a beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe is just everything we say today has the word maybe. Just imagine it superimposed somewhere in the sentence. Exactly. Um, so we are recording this. It's uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, you just got done working on a story kind of following up the big news of Wednesday, which is, of course, the ACC has a plan to return to college football this fall. Um, it will be a 11-game schedule. A round robin, basically, you know, you don't get to play everyone, but ten game, ten ACC games, five home, five away, and then one non-conference game. Um, for Miami, this means um, a pretty exciting schedule. Obviously, with the big caveat of maybe, as we said earlier. Um, I don't know if we need to dive into all the specifics. The big takeaways, though, I would say, just looking at the schedule, Florida State at home. Clemson on the road, obviously it's an addition to the schedule, and no Notre Dame. Notre Dame is added to the ACC technically for this season. Um, what is it, a weekend of September 12th start date for this season, um, if all goes according to plan. And again, this is all maybe. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a surprise announcement um, as far as the timing. Everyone thought that it would be next week. It was yeah. supposed to be, they did announce it uh, Wednesday, and it was supposed to be supposedly Wednesday, but then, you know, maybe a day or two before, all the national college football writers said through sources that um, that that they that the presidents who met on Wednesday of the ACC had to do more discussing, you know, because right. there were a lot of options. But uh, I think somebody either fed, purposely fed those guys wrong information or I don't know because usually they don't get that wrong yeah and yeah I mean it's also just I think this is a situation where a lot of stuff is changing all the time right like who knows it's gonna come together um so what was your again this is all maybe with regards to this actually happened but what do you think of the plan just as it stands I mean I think it's great if they could get it done but I don't I don't think okay I don't think it's great I just don't see the season I know you want me to say it is uh, finishing I just I just see it falling apart and hopefully I'll be wrong but um, so with that said okay let's say there was something other obstacle and there were there was no coronavirus then I would say oh it's a pretty cool scenario yeah. I kind of like, you know, it's cool. And it's different and new. Um, and you get Notre Dame in there, which is, which uh, I, I know some fans are ticked off about that. that. You know, they think that ACC should have forced their hand and, you know, you know, provided this as leverage, like, okay, you join our conference and you can play with us this year. But they want to, they're not ready yet. Um, but I think, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a neat plan. Um, I just, I, I just think with, you know, with kids roaming college campuses, right? Um, it's, 
it's almost futile. Well, that's we'll that's like the uh, um, disconnect almost the that you kind of feel naturally when you, you know, every other every day we have a story uh, that the Marlins are having an additional player test positive. You know, on Tuesday they they basically shut down the Marlins for a week. You know, they're not going to play until at least Monday. Um, and then two days later, the ACC puts out a plan. And I, I think it's no, notable that Blake James kept referring to it as aspirational um, oh, yesterday when we were talking. Yeah. Um, it's an 11-game schedule, but, you know, that is the absolute high end. And, I, I, you know, I'm sure there's differing sentiments within the ACC schools and ACC administrations of, you know, just how realistic it is that they play all 11 games. But I think everyone – you know, they, they signed on to that plan basically with the understanding that 11 is the max and, you know, some teams might only get to play eight. Some teams might to get, might only get to play seven. Some teams might get to play 10 or 11. Um, and for some teams, you know, if you get these kind of outbreaks, uh, you know, it's going to disrupt everything uh, with your schedule. Um, and that's obviously the concern with, you know, Miami in particular – where oh, Miami-Dade County continues to be a hot spot. Will it still be a hot spot in a month and a half when the season starts? Who knows? But, um, you know, it's it's obviously right now, you know, and Blake James even kind of hint, alluded to it yesterday, that basically, like, if this is what it looks like, if this cor- the coronavirus situation in Miami-Dade County that we're facing right now is what it looks like two months from now, um, then it, that's trouble. Yeah. And um... – and everybody's got to remember that football, and you know these aren't professional again. Right. Professionals again. These are college students who are hanging out with other college students and their girlfriends and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that you know that the, we're talking about a roster of eighty-five scholarship players and about twenty more who aren't you know walk-ons right. and you know, over a hundred people on the team. And, uh, you know, as we've seen, uh, Rutgers announced last weekend that the entire team was quarantining uh, for 14 days, the entire team. And it just, every day, there's more and more reports coming out. Um, So I I just think it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. the, The Marlins thing is obviously a mess and, you know, just not good. We don't want all these people to be sick potentially with the, with the coronavirus. But the best hope that Major League Baseball, NFL, college football have for making their seasons work is that that serves as a wake-up call for them. Basically seeing that, you know, we don't know – we still don't know how the Marlins contracted, um, you know, how this outbreak started. The MLB report apparently is investigating um, what may, might have caused it. Um, but what we do know is that Jorge Alfaro basically got it. You know, he, they, they put him on the IL right before opening day, like on opening day. Um, so it started with just one guy and then it obviously spread through the entire, you know, more than half the roster that, that traveled, um, up to Philadelphia for their opening series now has tested positive. So, you know, some of these, you know, a lot of these college outbreaks that we've seen have, have been caused by apparently like off-campus parties and stuff like that, where, where maybe a bunch of players got it at once. But again, all it takes is just one guy um, to get it. 
you know, if one wide receiver gets it, we've said this a million times, he could infect the whole wide receivers room. If one offensive lineman gets it, he could infect the whole offensive line room. And then that affects the defensive line. And, and then you have that, that outbreak. Um, so that, that's the challenge. It, it's never, you know, it's always been about, you got to stop the first one or, or it can run out of control. I mean, that's why the NBA and NHL are succeeding right now. It's because they haven't even had one case in their bubbles. Right. But, but also, not to mention, uh, you know, football practice. Right. I, and I, like James said yesterday, that Manny Diaz, the coach, is going to, is deciding now whether when they, you know, because they have to social distance still. They have right. to, how, how do you practice social distancing? How do you practice football when you're lining up the O-line, D-line, what, I don't Right. I mean, that's a challenge. I think we're having a different conversation about this in Florida and in Miami in particular than they're maybe having up in, well, I guess, you know, New Jersey's the state doing best, but obviously Rutgers just had an outbreak, but, but up somewhere in, you know, like Big Ten or Big 12 country in the Midwest where there are not as many cases. You know, we are still in like the thick of this here in Florida, and that makes it tough, tougher than, than it is in obviously other places where they have, you know, gotten through the worst of it and maybe we'll be through the worst of it by the time the season starts but obviously you know we set a record for COVID-19 deaths in Florida for the third straight day here on Wednesday like we are in the thick of it and right now it it makes it tough to even imagine practicing for a long time yeah and it makes it tough to imagine having a full practice uh yeah there's gonna be a lot of shotgun snaps I mean, nobody's going to be under... Yeah, you know, zone, zone defense, no man-to-man. Now, as far as the, you know, the, the teams, I, I mean, I, the big news, like all, all the UN fans wanted Notre Dame, which would have been fun, yeah. but you know what, it probably, it probably, it might have been, it probably would have been at Notre Dame anyway. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's not going to have fans in the building. And, and even and, if they uh, do, it'll be, you know, nothing like your normal environment. But I think the Clemson. Yeah, that's the big uh, one. Yeah, I mean, Clemson, they, you know, lost, I mean, come on, they're, they're great. Uh, somebody, some tweeter said, said to me today, how could you call them a powerhouse? Just because they were the, you know. They won two national titles in the last however many years, four years, and were runners-up, you know, last year to LSU and have one of the same powerhouse is too light. What? Are they saying powerhouse is too light? Like they're the best program in the country right now. No, or making fun of me, saying uh-huh. how? No, I don't. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were being facetious. I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think they they're like, well, how could you call them a powerhouse? It was very weird, yeah. but. I think um, that's going to be tough, man. At Clemson, of course, they didn't tell say dates yet. Maybe right. by the time, who knows? Soon enough, they're going to tell us the dates of the games. But Clemson on the road, I've been there a couple times. Forget it. Yeah, it's tough. Although there might like, again, there might not be fans. Yeah, fans. yeah. So it, it, that's like the variable that, that we got to keep in mind when you're looking at the home road schedule. I will say. I mean, I know this wasn't intentional because obviously you couldn't do this for every team. But like when I was looking at that big schedule chart that the was the ACC tweeted out, I think 
Um, right. And yeah. then, you know, right next to Miami, they put Florida State as the first one. And, like, it gets you excited, right? Like, even the most pessimistic person about, like, uh, whether this is actually going to work, you just look at that and you get excited. See, well, Miami-Florida State is supposed to happen I, sometime this year. Oh, well, and I you, I know you're about to say that you thought that was the order of games. And that's what I, I thought at first I, glance I, I, also. I felt so dumb because, Blake J, I said, is that the order of games? Like, they put on that chart yeah. in a row. Blake James said, no, I think it's alphabetical order, which is true. It's funny that Florida State was first. Yeah, right. It, it, it worked to get me psyched up. And there are home games, Florida State, right, right. at home. Um, and there's only one division, which is interesting. No Coastal, no Atlantic. One division. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um yeah, and the top two teams, just based on winning percentage, get to go to the ACC championship. Notre Dame exactly. can theoretically play for the ACC championship this year. Um, I mean, it's, again, it's a cool idea. Yeah. The reason that they, yeah, like I talked to some sources last week who told me, wow, I don't think, I don't think the ACC presidents are going to allow Notre Dame to get one of the two ACC spots in the ACC title game, mm-hmm. you know, you know, money talks. That is, it was yeah. all about money. Right. And, you know, the television revenue, all of it, um, including Notre Dame's home games, which are broadcast by NBC. Yeah, huge TV deal they have. I don't know the specifics, but that's a huge oh TV God. contract. Exactly. That's going to be shared equally. Yeah. Every ACC team, equally. Yep. So... It's all, you know, it's all, it's all about money so that Notre Dame could get in there, but whatever money it is, uh, UM and the other teams are going to get, get a piece of it, and they need that money now, which is... Yeah, especially if there's not going to be fans, you're uh, making all your money off of the TV contracts this year, basically. Yeah, and it's a very scary thought if they can't get the if they can't get, if this season falls apart, I, I just don't see how UM doesn't you know, end up canceling some sports or totally laying off a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's the same for everyone in the country. That They need this football season to work, especially after basketball. They had to cancel the tournament. Although, if they're trying to get this football thing together, that's at least some optimism that they, they can figure maybe something out for the NCAA tournament in the in the next spring. Um, but right. the... I kind of have feel for them a little bit. Like I, with baseball, you know, watching this outbreak this week and um, the fact that they it's seemingly, and I, I, you know, I've not covered that much of the baseball, like their return to play plan and all their protocols and stuff. Um, right. It just really felt like they were unprepared and did not have like a plan in place. I do sympathize with college football and the NFL that they are you know, seemingly going to just try to make this work. Um, you know, obviously, you know, maybe no fans, you know, stricter testing protocols and all that kind of stuff. Um, but without a without the bubble that is working in the NBA and NHL so far, partially because it's just, you know, it's unfeasible to have a bunch of football teams in one bubble together. There's just too many people. You know, you'd have to have traveling parties of like 115, 120 plus people probably. Um, in the, in the the NFL where the rosters are even smaller than in college football. Um, but also like, I think, you know, they had to think most people thought we would 
be in a better spot with regards to the coronavirus this time right now than uh, we are. I mean, you look over in Europe, obviously, and they're playing these soccer seasons. Um, you know, they're traveling, they're not in a bubble, and they have not had disruptions. Um, so I, I feel for them that, you know, they got screwed by our societal failure of, you know, having us still being in the throes of this pandemic rather than being on, you know, the other end of it and, and on the downswing. Um, you know, they, they were not thinking that they were going to be, you know, they were obviously going to be worried about it. They were going to have to have these testing protocols, but I don't think they thought that by September and October, we would still be like potentially in the thick of this pandemic that, that, you know, basically these guys were going to have to quarantine themselves for this to be successful. They being, you're saying like NFL, the NCAA, But they're going to have to. I mean, it's going to take a lot of discipline to get this done. And that's going to be the big message that um, Manny Diaz and every other coach is going to have to get out to his players is that this only works if the players and the coaches really commit to making it work. And especially Miami, where they want to have, you know, every school is obviously handling um, students on campus differently. In Miami, the, the plan is to have students here. And, and that makes it um, obviously tougher to like isolate yourself like you know at a school where it's where it's mostly remote learning with with you know just kind of limited on campus classes and it's you know just a little bit quieter of a, of a scene on campus you know it's a little bit easier to just go from your dorm room or, or your apartment to practice go home you know do your studying order food like it's easy to do that if there's nothing else to do but in miami yeah. it's, it's going to take some discipline where, where there's just you know the college life is going to at least try to to exist with some semblance of normalcy this year. Yeah, some of it. I think they're also allowing students to do online learning um, also, so they'll have like a mixture. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Uh, it'll definitely be fewer people on campus than in a normal year. Yeah, but I I just can't imagine that the the football players, I mean, who are they going to hang out with? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the way to make it happen is you basically just hang out with yourselves. And I mean, Miami had that one day where, what, there were three guys tested positive. But since then, there's not been another disruption. So that's obviously a good sign. Right. That that we know of. But yes, yes, it's been, it's been you know, not, not a huge amount. So, uh, but every day you're hearing about other teams. So. Oh, right. So they've got a plan. But again, as we said at the beginning, it's all maybes. But I, I mean, at least they've got something in place. That was that's a, that was you know obviously step one, and and you can adjust on the fly. And I think the schedule, the way it's constructed, you know, starting a little bit late on September twelfth, um, right? Potentially, you know, it, it gives them a little bit of flexibility. Obviously, it pushes it back just a little bit further to hopefully let Miami and some of these other schools that are in hot spots, you know, weather this wave. Um, but it also, you know, it gives you that flexibility potentially of playing an uneven number of games because the schedules are pretty, you know, you're, you're you're playing all conference games. You can just structure it based on winning percentage. The division winners won't matter. Um, so a team, you know, you, you feel like everyone's on a relatively even playing field to, to get two teams in the ACC championship. Um, and like we said, the schedule looks fun. So if it works, it'll be fun. We've got, so, so, the teams that were added that were not on the original schedule, 
that they released this year are the Clemson, like we talked about, Louisville, um, and North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Clemson's um, obviously the attraction there. Yeah, I, I don't really care so much about Louisville and well, NC State, but Louisville is pretty good. Like they, I mean, they are. They have a really good coach, and they could be yeah, potentially pretty good this year. Last year, that's the game that um, that Jaron broke the. Yeah, you he know, threw whatever, six touchdowns. Touchdown right? yeah. UM had such a. That was their best game. Yeah. And we get to watch so, 2-2 Atwell, Miami Northwestern's 2-2 Atwell. Mm-hmm. So. Well, well, I, all I know is Louisville will be after the Canes if they get to that game, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, their home games, Florida State, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pitt, and Virginia. Yeah. They are not playing Duke. And Duke was, you know, just like the last year or two, was mm-hmm. the final game of the season, right. final regular season game. So that game's out. Of course, yeah. they did lose embarrassingly to Duke. Yeah, maybe it's good for them. Uh, and, of course, the, the big elephant in the room is, you know, with Clemson, players are going to start dropping out. We already saw one of Virginia Tech's, I think, starting defensive backs uh, said he's not going to play this year. Um so we yep. don't know what these rosters are going to look like one come come the start of the season, let alone once guys maybe start getting sick throughout the year. Um, but like the big elephant in the room is like, what's the point of Trevor Lawrence playing? Um, you know, yeah, he's going to be the number one or number and, two pick. And, but also David Clemson, I can't remember how many guys did they have that tested positive. They're one of the teams that had. That's a ton true. Of they players. had a big outbreak early in the uh, early in in practices. So we'll see. I mean. I'm not. So I'm not saying so Trevor. Not, well, I don't know which kids tested. You know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, they we were no like idea. stars or not. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm not going to say Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to opt out, but it wouldn't surprise me like that. There's he's obviously the biggest name in the ACC, um, and a guy who's basically locked into being a top two pick no matter what happens. Um, so, right. So. So it's yeah. um He's you know there that's an X factor certainly that we just can't account for right now. True. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some Miami guys. Although. Yeah, I mean, that's possible, too. Like, I don't know who it would be obvious on that list. Like, Greg Rousseau could, is probably, like, the one guy you would look at and be like, he's going to be a top 10 pick or whatever anyway. Like, um, but but he has a chance, you know, if he has a really good year to potentially, I think, solidify himself as a top 10 pick. He still doesn't have a huge track record, considering he didn't play at all um, as a freshman, um, in, you know, his first year on campus. But I, you know, Miami does not have the obvious guys who would sit out like like some of these other schools um, might. I think. Well, in the ACC, probably just Clemson might. But but again, like anyone could choose to opt out. Like it would, it would yeah. not surprise well, me if anyone decided they're not going to play for their health or or their health of their family or friends or whatever. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, none of that. None of that would surprise me, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me. We're going to have to see what happens, and I think the next step is um, the non-conference opponent, because like we said, each each team in the ACC will play one. Yeah, that's where I wanted, I wanted to go to next, kind of some of the stuff you were writing about today. Uh, your story will be up by the time people uh, are hearing this, I'm sure. Um, part of that was oh. about the non-conference. Part of that is about what the, like the testing protocol and all that kind of stuff is going to be. Um, test, but but... Where do you, do you want to start with the non-conference stuff? stuff? Yeah. Well, um, you know, there's when Miami made their original schedule, there was four non-conference games. One of them at Michigan State has been canceled already. Yes, because the Big Ten has the, said they're only doing conference play. The Big Ten is only doing conference play. So Michigan State was out. That was their best. That was obviously the big draw of the non-conference slate. Right, that was the big high-profile non-conference, mm-hmm. okay? So that one's out, and that one was September 26th. And who knows, actually, I just thought of something, but um, the um, that could be an open week. You know, each team has two open dates this right. year. So just in case they need to switch things around or whatever, it gives them a little more uh, leeway. But um, there's Temple. Uh, from the American Athletic Conference, and they that game was supposed to be September 5th, but now we know they're not even starting right. that week, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're, they're not going to play. They're, so right. remaining non-conference from the original schedule, Temple, Wagner College, I'll, I'm going to get to that in a second, mm-hmm. uh, UAB, yep. University of Alabama, Birmingham. Um, and UAB and, and Temple both pretty good teams. Like that, those are very respectable non-conference uh, games. Agree. Uh, okay, so those games were all at Hard Rock Stadium. Okay, right. all three um, of those. All three, and the and the new rule is any team, any ACC team playing a non-conference game, it has to be at their home, the ACC. I think home. they said in state, right? It gives them like a little leeway. Like, I mean, I think it just gives you a little bit of leeway if you want to play like a neutral site game. Like, if Clemson wanted to play, well, I guess Clemson's a bad example, but like if Florida and Florida State wanted to play in Jacksonville or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, um, but but Miami doesn't matter. They're, they were scheduled for Hard Rock. So now they have to decide between Temple, Wagner, and UAB. Well, Wagner is pretty much out, is out. Because the Northeast Conference um, announced yesterday, I believe that um, that uh, they're they're canceling fall sports. Okay. Okay. They're they're until at least October first. Mm-hmm. There no fall sports. And either way, Wagner's in Staten Island. They're not coming down to Miami after what New York went through with the coronavirus. Plus, I don't think UM gets nothing out of playing Wagner. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so that, that one's out. Okay, so now it's Temple and UAB. Those are the two interesting options. And um, UAB, uh, the, you know, the Hurricanes 
have a contract where they have to pay them a guaranteed uh, right. payout. Yeah. Okay. And um, they, you know, they, they, if they pick UAB, oh, and that game is September seventeenth, by the way, and that was changed from the nineteenth to the seventeenth. But if they mm-hmm. pick UAB, uh, you know, then everything's cool as far as that. You know, they still get their money and. Uh, there's no lawsuits and stuff like that. Temple is kind of interesting because there's a, a home and home series. Right. So it, even though this year it was supposed to be in Hard Rock in 2023, yeah, I that think? sounds right. Maybe 22. I feel like it wasn't next season, but it was either the year after or the year after right. that. 2023 in late September, September 23rd, uh-huh. UM is scheduled at Temple. Okay, right. so it was a home and home. And Blake James explained when I asked him yesterday that uh, sometimes, I mean, there can be payouts, even in a home and home, you know. Right. But that usually it's just travel costs, some other costs. Yeah, because Temp- Temple's obviously Temple. getting the benefit of selling tickets to a game when Miami is in town. That's big for them. You know, it's the biggest draw they and, will have and, all year. Uh, and recruiting is huge. So, yeah, and recruiting. Uh, anyway, so... Anyway, Temple, even though September 5th is out, um, I don't know if they would work that out. Uh, yeah. To me, the, case, the cleanest feels like trying to make that UAB game work. One, they're pretty close. Like, theoretically, UAB could drive down, like, if worse uh-huh. came to worse. I don't know how far Birmingham of a dri- of drive it is, but it's, you know, it's you could meet, well, meet, you could meet in Orlando or something. Like, you could make it work, I think, more easily if worse came yeah. to worse. Montgomery, my daughter lives in Montgomery, Alabama, and it's and it's ten hours. So I don't okay. It was like yeah, yeah, a ten um, hour drive. I mean, but so you, you can got do it. so you got that as an option, and then obviously it's clean. Like you you still pay them what you owe them. You get that out of the way. Whereas Temple, you could you could theoretically bump that to like later in the yeah. In I the agree. I, I I just get the sense it's going to be UAB, and that. But we'll see. But now what happens is. We have to wait till the SEC, and I think they might have been doing that today. Actually, I think they are supposed. To, maybe by the time you guys listen to this, you might know what the SEC is doing because they're kind of the next conference in line to make a decision. It seems like right, and so they're waiting to see if they play only. I think they're going to do the same thing. We'll see. I think they're going to do ten, ten and one. If they do the same kind of thing, then those, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yep. South Carolina, Clemson, Florida, Florida State. Florida, right? Yep. Those can take place. So, and then you um, can start figuring out the schedule. That's that's the holdup on announcing dates right now is everyone's got to figure out the non-conference. And they need to wait to know what the SEC is doing to see if those natural rivalry games can happen. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and uh, it's interesting that – the, the the power five conferences have they're all each doing their own thing yeah and maybe their own thing is identical to the other one's own thing kind of thing but it's it's not uh it's not all uniform right the the big obviously the the thing that's going to probably happen last at this point is what are they going to do about the college football playoff when these teams at most are playing one non-conference game and for the for the rest of the year, they're just playing each other. Like they, so you know, like you know who the best team. You're gonna know who the best team in all the major conferences is 
like by the end of this year? Because you're going to know that, you know, Clemson won the ACC, uh, Ohio State won the Big Ten. Um, right. Georgia won the SEC. Oklahoma won the Big 12. Um, USC won the Pac-12. Like, you're going to know who those five are, but then it's going to be really hard to determine, like, which one of those five do you leave out? And, you know, I know we've never seen a, a G5 school make the college football playoff, but they're really screwed, you know, even more so than they normally are if they want to actually make the playoff because, you know, definitely UCF does not get to play um, Pitt or whoever, you know, is supposed to be on their non-conference right. schedule this year. So I, they might have to modify it in some way. I mean, it's, it's ultimately like it doesn't even matter because we may, might not get there. But they're going to have to put out some plan, and I don't think they can just go with the normal four teams. They might have to expand to eight or something this year. That would be very interesting. Yeah. I mean, they could do whatever they want. Yeah. So, well, and especially, like, we don't know what bowls are going to look like. Like, you know, are teams really going to want to travel to, like, Idaho in the middle of a pandemic to play the Potato Bowl? Like, no, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I know there's, like, financial incentives to it. Or maybe you do a totally regional bowl structure, like you put Miami and Florida in a bowl game. You know, you throw out bowl ties for the year. So there's, there's that. Those are all kind of the interesting things that we're gonna be thinking about probably for the next month here until the all of these conferences have their plans, and um, then the NCAA can put out a uh, more foolproof, thorough plan for their postseasons. Yeah, and the um, the. The uh, college football playoffs will, uh, again, like you said, if there's a season, they're going to figure out something. They've already said they're going to, they have that, you know, the committee and they'll make all their decisions and Mm -hmm. um, it'll be very interesting. Yeah. Well, and honestly, the shorter, you know, everyone's only playing 11 games this year at most, it seems like, instead of 12. So that does theoretically you know, if you had to push the college football playoff to eight teams, like the teams that go all the way to the championship, they're not playing like a ludicrous amount of game. You know, that one extra game, you know, that's always been part of it is like, can you really justify like a 16 game season or whatever? Like, you know, it, it just keeps it a little bit more manageable, I think. Um, because I think it's going to be really hard to determine four, you know, maybe it'll be easy. Maybe there'll be uh, four undefeated teams and, you know, it, fits cleanly, but you, you don't want to be stuck in that position where, like, if let's say there's an undefeated champion in each of the five conferences, like, that you have to leave out, um, you know, undefeated Washington or something. So, um, do we want to talk about the safety stuff, like the kind of protocol of what um, the ACC is requiring? Because some of that stuff is pretty interesting. Well, um, so... And again, this will be detailed if you, if you want to... David, you want to, this is mandatory. They, right. What were you going to say? I was say this will be detailed in your story that is probably up by the time people are listening to this. So if you want to see it yeah. all written out, that that's a good way to check it out. But, uh, I mean, uh, the, the this 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 group they they put out this long report yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the NBA had one uh, one or two weeks ago, and it was um, it was uh, it wasn't it was like recommended, you know, wink-wink, kind of mandatory. It's kind of weird, but this one is mandatory. This is Atlantic Coast Conference COVID-19 Medical Advisory Group, and they gave all the protocols and stipulations. A lot of it was like what the NCAA said, but, um, 
you know, everyone is going to be tested uh, each week within, within three calendar days or yeah. 72 hours of a game. The first week that you have to test is the first game week. Now, right that right there, that's that's a problem in my opinion, mm-hmm. because now you're going to go the next. I mean, now it's not going to be the same for every team. Like UM might test every week, let's say, right. and I don't know, like. UAB, if they play them now, that you that, now. By the way, the opposing team, the non-conference team, has to comply with right. the same protocol. But all they're saying is within 72 hours of the game, like they have to start doing it that week or whatever. But um, you know, so if people. T- I don't know. I just I feel like there are going to be a, a lot of kids maybe falling through the cracks, getting sick. There's just not enough testing. I, I don't think. But. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the testing is just there to basically, the, well, to theoretically guarantee that no one who has the virus steps on a field. But it doesn't ensure that the virus isn't spreading throughout your team, right? Like, because most schools, it seems like they're, they're proto- I'm just basing this on Miami, I guess, so I shouldn't say most schools. It seems like, for the most part, their protocol is basically you show symptoms, you get tested. Or, you know, and then obviously, like, contact tracing stuff. Or um, they, who knows, maybe they test the first day workouts and the first... Yeah, well, I think they, I'm sure they did the first day. Um, we don't know that and for sure, but... I, you know, they, I see pictures, they're practicing indoor facilities. You see pictures like that. Yeah. Well, they can and, throw that, like, garage door open on the side of the indoor facility. All right. And sort of all right. a little bit. I don't but. know that how much of a difference that makes. Anyway, also, um, players identified as having close contact. With anyone who tests positive, um, must quarantine for at least 14 days, even if that close contact should test negative for the virus. That's but like, this uh, is exactly so what by, the Marlins did not do, and why there is now an outbreak. Yeah, right. And you know what close contact is within six feet for at least 15 minutes. Yeah. And we talked about that. So you know, if one and, offensive and lineman gets test positive, your whole starting offensive line is gone. Yeah, exactly. And this one is really interesting because they didn't. The NCAA did not include this. Um, so they they list a standard for reporting positive test results to players. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, to opponents. Right. To, to, this to is opponents. probably the most interesting so thing the in there. UM would have to, and or the conference. Okay. So in all sports, a positive test result of any team member or player or coach, I think. I think that includes coaches sure. and you know, yep. anybody that was near them. Yeah, anyone on came, staff. Who came into close contact, who, who were within six feet for at least 15 minutes, okay, with any member of the opposing team in the game that they played, okay, during the preceding 48 hours. So I guess, really, you know how they have... Uh, you know how they have to be tested th- within three days, but I yeah. guess I wonder if that means they're tested after the game too. That's kind of see what I'm saying. Yeah, so, I don't know uh, if there's a written in rule of that, but I think basically I'm, I'm sure most of this has to do with like you know every team is going to have different testing protocol. Like just because the ACC is saying you only have to do it once a week, I'm sure there will be some teams that test more than that. Um, but I mean they okay. should be testing them after the game too, like you're saying. That way you know that. 
Um, you know, it's like, again, it's like the thing we found in baseball where the Marlins start all testing positive. You know, they had their big, the news that like 10 guys tested positive came out Monday when that Philly series was over. So then the Phillies knew that we got to shut things down for a couple of days. And now they have positive, like you got to be testing constantly. So they, yeah. So they have to, yeah, this says, right. Anybody who came into close contact that six feet for 15 minutes. Uh, during the during the preceding forty eight hours in all sports, that's so that's during games and stuff. Yeah, has to be shared as quickly as possible and no later than twenty four hours following the receipt of the test result to all opponents. And what's really interesting is they don't okay they don't give the player's name because mm-hmm. of you know because um, of laws that yeah prevent that. student safety but, stuff or privacy. Yep, right, privacy laws, but. Uh, they w- are saying that you have to give the players position right. and position group. So if it's an offensive lineman, you have to say. If it's a quarterback, which is really dicey, yeah. right? <laughs> right? How many quarterbacks played in a game? You have yeah. to say it was a quarterback. Even if it were a, an assistant coach, a trainer, and you have to give a summary of their interactions with the opposing team. For example, so-and-so played in, not so-and-so, this Lineman played in the second half. Right. So if they it's like a wide, if it's a starting wide receiver, you say this guy was on the field the whole game. Test. Make sure your whole secondary is fine. Or you right. say this is a guy who was a walk-on wide receiver who played one snap on special teams. Yeah, and then um, everybody shares the information, and um, yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting. We'll mm-hmm. see how that where that takes us. Um, and then they talk about a lot of other things, but I thought you know those are the those are the most important things, and um, boy, there's going to be a lot of stories this season. I mean, this non-season, this season, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think our big takeaway—they probably need to be testing more. Um, hopefully, each school is is doing it more than the ACC mandates. Um, but I get it. You know, it's a big. It's a lot of money. You know, they don't have schools as, as wealthy as a lot of schools are. They don't have the same kind of money that the NBA does. Testing's expensive, blah blah blah. But for the safety, you got to be testing more than um, I agree. They and, are right and now. by the way, I didn't I didn't include this. This is in my story. The New York Times uh, did a the biggest survey done yet of mm-hmm. college campuses. Um, they did a survey of every public four year college in the country and every private institution that competes in Division One sports. Mm-hmm. Or as a member of an elite group of research universities, okay? Uh-huh. They found that 6,600 cases um, tied to about 270 colleges, uh, or, or have been tied to about 270 colleges over the course of the pandemic. 6,600. And that's before the academic year has even started. So, um, I don't know. It's all... You know, it's all unraveling, I think, already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the top here, the Marlins, and I keep referring back to them because they are the first real test case of how a league and a team can respond when there is a coronavirus outbreak um, in, you know, the way, in a non-bubble situation. Um, And for the most part, I think MLB has pretty much failed at every stop along the way. Hopefully the NFL and college football um, learn from that and have a better plan once these 
games actually get started. You know, this is the plan for now, but um, as it, everything is this day, it's going to be fluid, right? The things are going to change. Yeah. The plan, I'm sure, will be tweaked between now and the start of the season. Um, uh, but at least we'll, there's something in and place. We'll have more, you know, next time we talk, right? Yeah. We'll have more. I will say, um, we've been pretty negative about college football for the last couple of weeks here. Um, but just seeing that schedule kind of come out made me pretty excited. Like, yeah. I, don't, I still don't think we're going to get through all 11 games unscathed. I don't think Blake James thinks that Miami is going to get through all 11 games unscathed. Um, but I think there will be some college football this year. Will we get through the whole year? No, maybe not. I mean, maybe they'll have, like, by the end of the year, there'll be, like, 12 teams still playing or something. But um, we're going to have college football at some point. Yeah, we will. But that, that's why I think they should play all their big, big rivalry games the first week. Get them out of the way. Make <laughs> yeah. the money. I mean, that's uh, when I saw Florida State there, I was like, ooh, first game of the year. And then I realized it wasn't the schedule. Um, but, yeah, that's what I would be doing. <laughs> right. Either do that non-conference games first so you get like the natural rivalries the florida florida state or give me miami florida state week one yeah they're always crummy games but you know because i there was a few years that they had miami florida state around labor day you know mm-hmm. the opener and they were always uh i don't know they were always one on some big some kind of dumb turnover or well, what was something. the year with the you know the missed extra point yeah the or a, a snap that, you know, the, the holder misses or something. I don't know, something weird. Yeah. So. Well, the last, I guess last year Miami kind of worked them. But the years before, the two years before that were both good games. So. Yeah. It's been a good track record lately. Yeah, but it wasn't the first game of the season. I, I, no, I yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. David, I, I think we're good. This was good today. Yeah, it was uh, good talking to you, and um, be sure to check out all of Susan's stuff she's been covering this ACC announcement. You can follow her on Twitter, at SMillerDegnan. Yeah, like I said, she's got the story from yesterday. She's got one coming up uh, here, just following up on some of, like, the unanswered questions from that first story and um, the testing, the non-conference, all the – there's a lot of variables that we're going to be – kind of unfolding here over the next uh, week or two. Um, And we're waiting on that SEC announcement because that's kind of the the next big domino left to fall. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. If you care about hockey, I've been covering the Panthers these days, who are uh, about to start in the playoffs, sort of, this weekend. Yeah, they're running us, man. Yeah. Hey, I'm a – I mean, I'm not a hockey guy. I've never played hockey in my life, but – I'm from the Northeast, so I grew up caring about hockey. So, so I'm not totally out of my depth here. All right, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, Susan, thanks as always for coming on, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. All right, next week it is.